Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm your host, Jared White, joined, as always, by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. We're still Elden Blinging. Ten episodes away from 250. Crazy to think we've recorded okay. that many episodes. That's wild. Yeah, um, yeah and we've, we've recorded more episodes without Jordan than we did with him, too, which is crazy. New listeners, we used to have a third co-host named Jordan Jarvis, who is no longer with the show, hasn't been for a while. That's weird to think that we've That's recorded weird. more shows without him than with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have some interesting stuff to talk about. We got the Tunic review roundup I wanted to mention. I uh, will get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, and uh, obviously a bunch of quickie news to get to as well. We'll start with the first one. The Hogwarts Legacy State of Play was today. And because of that, we're not going to be talking about anything that was shown there. But instead, I wanted to read this. Uh, LGBTQ plus youth are four times more likely to attempt suicide than their peers. Help end LGBTQ plus youth suicide by donating to the Trevor Project and help provide services to LGBTQ plus young people who need support. Head to the trevorproject.org to learn more. Also, trans and, uh, trans and non-binary young people in search of support can contact the Trevor Project's Trevor Lifeline 24-7 at 1-866-488-7386 via chat at www.thetrevorproject.org slash help or by texting START to 678-678. I also want to add in that they have a whole ally guide on that website uh, for the Trevor Project for people who are maybe new to um, you know, trans and non-binary terminology and want to be good allies in the cause. So there's a whole guide there too for people. Um, you know, you can be ignorant on things, but to be willfully ignorant is something entirely different. So if you need some help becoming a better ally, there's also resources there as well. Um, I figured that was a better use of our time than talking about that whole situation uh, because we've mentioned in the past that, uh, man, supporting Harry Potter in the modern age is pretty tough, you know, with everything yeah. going on. And that's a good thing, though, or rather it works out because I didn't watch that state of play anyway. So. Yeah, and I don't really want to talk it either about it either way, but just remember to, uh, you know, don't be an asshole is, I guess, the easiest thing. And if you have any questions regarding either the support or if you yourself are trans or non-binary, head to the Trevor Project. They have a lot of really good resources there. Next up, changing entirely, steering direction, steering the steering wheel a different direction. Uh, we got some Elden Ring sales updates, uh, Dom. Mm -hmm. Elden Ring has officially sold 12 million copies worldwide in its first two weeks, which is incredible. And that amounts to relatively around $720 million in revenue, which is huge. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Dark Souls franchise, which includes the first three games and the remaster, have sold life to date as of 2020, 27 million copies total. So in two weeks, Elden Ring has uh, kind of come up halfway to that lifetime number, which is crazy. Um, not, it's, it's weird. It's one of those things, Dom, where I think it's... It's impressive and surprising based on it relative to the other sales of From Software games. But when you think about the quality and the critical reception and the change to open world and the word of mouth, it actually isn't that surprising in some ways, right? Yeah, exactly. The I, that, Like, just existing right now, it feels like that's all that anyone's talking about, right? I think the word of mouth piece of it is particularly strong right now, which... Which is cool. It's cool to see. So, I mean, like Miyazaki right now must be feeling pretty good. I hope he, I hope everyone there got a vacation. I mean, they just put a patch out, but um, I hope they get some time off after putting out that 
a gem. Yeah. It's funny because a couple of weeks ago we talked about how neither of us were worried that the release of Elden Ring would hamper the sales or quality perception of Horizon Forbidden West. But I do think in terms of the optical internet zeitgeist, it has totally consumed it. Uh, Elden Ring has consumed Horizon Forbidden West in much the same way that Breath of the Wild did to the first Horizon game, um, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's like it's not going to hurt sales wise or critically, and it's still going to be a beloved title. There's going to be a third one. Spoilers for Horizon Forbidden West, uh, not narratively, but just obviously, you know, based on how well it did at launch. Um, but it is kind of a bummer to see that. But it's like you can't, you know. How are you going to plan against this? They didn't know when Elden Ring was coming out. It originally wasn't supposed to come out near it. And you can't just delay your game based on another game, right? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And and it's not the worst. I mean, yeah, ideally there'd be a little more space between, but a lot of those Elden Ring sales are on PlayStation. So it's um, they're not totally bummed out at, at this point, you know? So it's the way, way it happens, I guess yeah i mean we might see the same thing happen in the fall depending on what releases near starfield if starfield ends up being great too it's just it's it's gonna happen especially with so many great video games coming out these days speaking of great video games coming out we have an update i don't know if you saw this uh dom i know you're a pretty big super massive guy super massive mm -hmm. games has announced their next game which is not the next entry in the dark pictures anthology we already know about that game this is a self-proclaimed spiritual successor to until dawn so I'm going to go over some information here, and then you being the bigger supermassive game than I, you can talk about maybe your your hopes, your worries, and all of the things in between for this, Dom. So the new game is called The Quarry, or Quarry. Regionally, people pronounce that word differently, but you should know what that is. It's like a, a mining deposit area. Uh, if you've played Fallout F New Vegas, which is the Fallout with the, the big quarry with the, uh, the Death Eaters, or Death, what are they called? The Death Claws. The Death Claws, yeah. I think that's New Vegas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right, but man, I need a refresher, apparently. Yeah, anyways, back to Supermassive's new game. Uh, the Quarry is a teen horror with nine playable characters, each with 10 to 12 potential deaths, promising interactive storytelling. Uh, it's going to star... There's a bunch of people from different walks of entertainment, but I got the ones that m you and I would be most familiar with, uh, Dom. So it stars David Arquette of S Scream fame. Brenda Song, obviously from Disney. Ariel Winter from uh, Modern Family. E Do you know who Ethan Supley is? Does that name strike a... No. Have you ever seen My Name is Earl? Oh, man, yeah. You know the chubby friend? The big yeah. guy? Uh, he was also in uh, The Butterfly Effect. Remember the Titans? Did a bunch of stuff. Uh, American History X. Yeah, he recently lost a bunch of weight and is jacked. He's like really? an Adonis now. Yeah, you haven't seen him? He looks really good. He's done a lot of good work for himself in terms of his health. He's in it. Uh, Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu in the new Jurassic trilogy. Uh, I really like Justice Smith. And a bunch more names. Uh, you can go and check out the cast list. It's pretty crazy. Um, other information here. Uh, the game can be played co-op local or online with a playthrough lasting 7 to 10 hours. The game director said that if you have an early character death, the game's probably going to be closer to seven hours on a playthrough. Uh, if not, it's going to be closer to 10 hours. So an early death kind of dictates uh, the story progression there. Uh, another cool thing, uh, accessibility. Throughout the game, you can toggle quick time events, aiming, mashing, and shooting, and you can turn them off completely. 
have it kind of be automated for accessibility reasons. Uh, they even talked about being able to play the game as if it was a cinematic experience with little to no interaction, if that's what you want to do as well. So plenty of options there, which is really cool. Uh, the most surprising thing here is it's releasing this summer, which I think was quite shocking. And um, the Dark Pictures Anthology has been published by Bandai Namco. This is being published by 2K. So that's uh, you've had some pros and cons with the Dark Pictures Anthology, and we've talked about why couldn't they just go and make something closer to Until Dawn? It seems like we're potentially getting that. What are the things you're looking forward to in... With it being so far from Until Dawn's release, Dom, what are things you might be potentially worried about in the modern era of games? I mean, Until Dawn was 2016, I believe, that, which is that's a while ago now. It feels crazy that it was that long ago, but um, no, this this looks awesome. I'm I, I couldn't I'm so excited for this, and the fact that I did not expect June, I expected like you know this year or something or 2022, right? Um, or this fall, like October of course right that uh, was kind of what i was thinking and then yeah when they popped that june out there I was oh, all right okay and then yeah it's interesting that 2k is publishing this one but yeah it, this this looks much more like until dawn than any of the <clears throat> any of the um not house of ashes but dark pictures uh anthology game any of them right um it being like a bunch of teenagers that whole sort of thing um, the budget is very clear, like the facial capture, not that Dark Pictures Anthology looks bad, but it looked worse than Until Dawn. And this it, looks, it the did. quality looks much closer to Until Dawn. Yeah, which is curious. Cause it was always weird to me why, yeah, Dark Pictures games, they, yeah, the animations just didn't quite. I think production like, pipelines, I think the turnaround, right? I think those, those games take a lot quicker to go from pre-production to release whereas mm -hmm. we don't know how long this game has been in development you know they can spend more time with the mocap and the performance capture and all that stuff yeah but you're right though this looked much uh just like more polished and higher quality yeah as far as the facial animations and things too but yeah this, I'm, I'm so excited this is so cool I, I did not expect this um so and that's really cool. I didn't. Um, I just watched the trailer. I didn't. I didn't catch any of this um, stuff. This accessibility stuff that you mentioned. That's pretty cool too. So, especially when this is the type of game where I feel like you see people say, like, "Well, you might as well just watch it. You know, watch someone else play it. You don't even need to buy it, right?" Which is uh, good because that you know makes the game more popular. But you know, it's it's still missed sales potentially. So, I think having yeah more features to make this more accessible, or even like you can entirely buy it and then hardly interact with it and still you know play it like that's pretty cool um i don't feel like we've we've seen much of that kind of thing before in the past so it's, it's cool to see that and um uh i hope that works out the way they intend to well with it being co-op online as well as local i wonder if they might implement a system because they might be worried about sales uh type of the thing that it takes two did where one person buys it but you can share it with a friend to play through that could be, be a huge boon for it as well Mm -hmm. um yeah we'll see what happens i'm excited i didn't see this coming either uh you know i haven't played any of the dark pictures anthology games uh, because they are so hit or miss and even at their best they're kind of swimming in sevens mm -hmm. uh whereas this has the potential to be like until dawn and uh you know barring awful reviews i'm pretty much day one with you as well yeah um so we'll see what happens i'm excited uh, spook it up this june well it's some. It's listed as summer, right? I think the official thing is summer 2022. I'm pretty yeah, I, sure. I swear I saw June 10th. 
so based on the IGN article I saw summer 2022 if you want to real quick you can maybe do some research to see if it was one of those things where IGN when they reported on it, it was summer 2022 but on a different thing they might have said actually June um, but if it ends up just being summer the thing we have to keep in mind too is summer extends all the way to the beginning of September so there's a big uh, wide gap there where it could be if it isn't actually June um, but who knows yeah June, June 10th I wonder if that's weird that IGN didn't have that listed in the article. They just said summer 2022. Interesting. Where did you find that at? The article I clicked on, so I skipped the IGN one, Collider. Collider, that makes more sense. Okay. It's like a movie. They got the scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, then June 10th. Hell yeah. Um, My whole point is invalid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, let's talk about EA Play. Uh, EA Play for 2022 is officially canceled. Um, an EA rep's official comment on the cancellation of the annual event went like this, quote, we love EA play live as it's our way of connecting with our players and sharing what's new with all of you. However, this year things aren't lining up to show you everything on one date. We have exciting things happening at our world-class studios and this year we'll reveal much more about these projects when the time is right for each of them. We look forward to spending time with you throughout the year, end quote. So this isn't like drastically surprising, especially with official like actual E3 being canceled or being a digital event or whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah, I think we're in a place right now where EA doesn't really need to. Their their live events are always not taken greatly. They could piecemeal it out to other presentations. We could see one of their games at the Xbox event. We could see another one at a state of play. Uh, how they can even just do a direct single game upload if they wanted. Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised with this. Uh, I'm interested to he- hear your take, Dom. And since we aren't having EA play, if we do see the sequel to Fall in Order this year, where do you think most likely it will show up? Well, to answer the last question, because that intrigues me the most, um, probably at a state of play or a <clears throat> an Xbox show would make sense to me, because that's that's a big deal right that'll be a big pop and i um even it wasn't ea right but sony had the oh my goodness what is the studio called that david cage was in charge of quantic dream quantic dream yeah so uh, sony had the quantic dream uh star wars game revealed at one of their state of plays i'm pretty sure about that <laughs> um and for what it's worth the jedi fallen order was revealed fully at the xbox e3 briefing so oh, okay okay interesting I, didn't, I did not remember that so that's good to know too but yeah and then also obviously uh, nice of the old republic remake was first announced at a sony state of play too so so yeah xbox and playstation both know the importance of star wars games i guess yeah so, yeah i can see the uh the fallen order sequel showing up at either one of their uh, shows or conferences or whatever they end up doing that would make sense but back to ea play though it, it, it like was weird to me um that it got canceled specifically not not so much that they're not doing it because it kind of makes sense like you're saying they don't really need to they can slot in other places um but the fact that it was planned and then canceled feels like oh i must have someone really didn't think it was a good idea anymore um you know no, no sunken cost fallacy or whatever but and I guess it doesn't bother me because, you know, the last couple of years, especially uh, you and I have been kind of, you know, poking fun at all of their 
E3 time uh, yeah. shows anyway, so we can't be too mad. It's it's going to be interesting. I think if I was a betting man, I'd put money on the Xbox presentation solely because of what you said where PlayStation has the Quantic Dream thing and they have the KOTOR remake, right, as marketing rights. We assume at least, or at least they have first of uh, first of right refusal. And then Ubisoft, if we were to see anything from Ubisoft, it would be their own Star Wars licensed game that we assume to see in the next couple of years. So, like, just process of elimination, I would say Xbox. Um, or, like, a Jeff Keighley joint, right? Like an opening night live or something he hosts in the middle of the year. That could totally be a thing as well. Because um, we don't even know. You. Okay. Speculation, I guess. Maybe we already know, but I've not noticed. Or I've not seen it. Do we think this sequel will be... Uh, on the old gen of consoles or just current gen. I think at this point, it wouldn't be surprising for it to be next gen only. Uh, but I don't know what EA's track record is with their titles in the last, like the sports titles obviously are releasing on everything, but I haven't paid attention to the other stuff they're publishing. If it's only going next gen yet. So I don't know. I mean, it also depends on what the sequel means in terms of the jump in technology, because if it's, a slightly improved version of Jedi Fallen Order, just extending the story, then last gen makes more sense. But if this is like a point of innovation for the series and they kind of want to push things forward in a drastic way, then maybe they have to do next gen only. I don't know. I honestly thought your question was going to be, does it, do we continue following Cal Kestis or is it Star Wars Jedi colon something else? And maybe we do a different story. Ooh, good. Yeah. I didn't even consider that. That's more interesting actually. Because for me, I think it's more interesting to continue Kel's story in live action or animation because it's one of those weird things we have with video games where you start the next video game, how do you power nerf him, right? Like how does the power scaling go there and everything, which it's totally – you can do it and they could totally do it. It's just one of those things like it's a weird workaround you have to do for the state of video games. Whereas like you said, a new story about the Jedi Order – is more interesting. Not that I don't like Cal Kestis, but I would love to see him in a different medium. I don't necessarily need a sequel with him as the star, you know? I mean, it's almost like they wanted that to happen because they cast, um, you know, a really good actor to play him. And then they obviously made the character look exactly like him in real life. So um, he could totally <laughs> be in a movie or a show. And that would be, that would be really hype. Um, but yeah, I hadn't considered the fallen order sequel being it's someone new entirely that's interesting or then spoilers for of... jedi fallen order if you haven't played it real quick what if it's a flip and you play as the girl at the end that you save the night sister and cal is your jedi master yeah interesting and so that's how you you power down basically exactly but you still have cal as a primary part of the game right serving as a seer junda seer junda is that her name yeah yeah and her then... her role because then what else you get to play around with is other, you know, non-Jedi type powers or abilities that Night Sisters could have. So you could have some cool mechanics around. Because they're like witches. They're into some weird shit. And, like, and you get to play as a non-human for once. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? A lot of interesting things. That's a reveal that I think a lot of people aren't talking about but could really blow us away. Not only on like the visuals of it, of it being next-gen, but are we playing is uh Cal Kestis? Like that's a, I think people are assuming that's the case, but I don't know if that's a foregone conclusion, you know? Cause it's like, I, we have that same problem 
whenever they're trying to put Star Wars canon Star Wars stories into existing parts of the timeline between things and there's so much you have to work around like the stakes were kind of high in that game where they had a list of you know children that were like Jedi capable or whatever and I won't totally spoil what happens with it but like huge implicate obviously like Darth Vader's looking for that from him and you know, huge implications for the entire universe in Star Wars for like what they do with that. So it's kind of hard to do too. Like, what more can happen narratively that affects the greater universe that doesn't conflict with existing canon? Getting tough for it because then it's like, well, is it something so small that it, like it doesn't even matter and it feels inconsequential because you can't touch the greater events that are going on? I don't know. That's that to me is where it gets really hard to navigate is trying to carve out what story you're telling in this strict timeline and canon. Well, and I think that's the beauty of them having it be Star Wars Jedi colon then a subtitle because then it opens you up creatively to not have to commit to doing Cal Kestis's story again in the sequel. Mm-hmm. It just has to somehow revolve around the Jedi Order, which gives you a lot more creative liberty and a lot more places you can go in the timeline than doing a direct linear sequel to the first game. So who yeah, knows? we'll see. That was their plan and they had that hindsight. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And at the time, Vince Ampella was kind of leading the charge. Obviously he's doing 10 million things for EA now, but maybe that was part of the plan originally is to give them that creative backdoor exit if they needed to. Um, let's talk about Tunic reviews. So uh, this game is developed by Andrew Scholdice and published by Finji. Uh, Dom has this game in our uh, Fantasy Critics League. I wasn't brave enough. I was too much of a coward <laughs> to fully commit to it, and I'm mad that I was. Uh, so it released on March 16th. Uh, surprisingly, Shadow dropped into Xbox Game Pass, which I'm stoked about. I was going to buy the game regardless, but you know, it's always nice to see something launch in Xbox Game Pass. It currently sits at a Metacritic score of 85 and an open critic score of 85, and on open critic, 94% of critics suggest getting the game, which is really cool. I'm going to go over three reviews here, and then we'll talk about maybe uh, if we plan on playing it and what we expect and all that stuff. So first up, from Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN, he gave the game a 90, and he said, quote, Tunic is an unapologetically challenging action-adventure game that is charming, multi-layered, and immensely rewarding to solve, unquote. Um, so pretty solid score there. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey obviously hosts the Unlocked podcast for Xbox. Um, and I like that he... I think most people have described this game as challenging and charming, which is a nice combination, which is pretty funny. Um, maybe even more charming than Death's Door in a way, because uh, obviously that game is also challenging. Uh, next up, Bradley Ellis from Easy Allies gave an 80, which is on the lower end of scores, but still a great score for a game. He put, quote, with a plethora of retro-inspired games available, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. However, Tunic makes a good case for itself, along with its vibrant visuals and soothing music. Tunic provides a strong sense of discovery and adventure, thanks to solid world design and its excellent in-game manual. Tunic doesn't reach the heights of the games that inspired it, but it's a great time and worth your attention. Uh, that excellent in-game manual is something I want to come back to when we talk about the game after the review is done because that's something people have pointed to and I've seen screenshots. I don't know if you have, but it looks really mm-hmm. neat. The last one here is from Jill Gra over at Game Informer. She gave the game a 98, which is a very high score. Uh, she said, quote, I was constantly veering off from the main quest to track something down or look into a newly discovered path, and so it took me about 20 hours to roll credits. 
Despite that, I know there's still a lot for me to do in the game, and I'm excited to go back in to find every secret and experience everything in its aesthetically striking world that it has to offer. Tunic is a stunning achievement that manages to embody the best of nostalgia while completely refreshing it. It's absolutely a must-play gem, unquote. So, everyone seemed to love it. Obviously, some people a lot higher than others. It seems like the common thread here is it's challenging, it's charming, it plays on nostalgia, and it's worth exploring even while past you finishing the credits, which is really nice. Um, the manual in this game is incredible. It's its very own unique art style. It is very nostalgic. It feels like an old NES or even PS1 game manual where you open it up and you have the game art in there, uh, which is really nice. I already have the game downloaded. I haven't had a chance to hop in yet, but I can't wait to. This is a game that's been, it's like that Cuphead, right? It's that indie game. That's been showed off a million times and we we're just waiting for it to release and it finally did. Mm -hmm. My one concern going in is I didn't know if it would offer enough newer refreshing experiences to review highly and be considered a must play because it seemed to rely so much on that classic Zelda experience, Dom. But it seems like it pulled that off and people are saying there's plenty of surprises you will not see coming either and that the post game is pretty robust. So all that stuff is like, hell yeah, that's a must play for me. Where do you fall on Tunic? Are you going to hop in? And what do these reviews do for you either way? Yeah, this is right center lane down my alley. Everything, <laughs> uh, yeah, everything you just said, everything. Um, I have not read um, more than one review, but yeah, everything I've heard about, it's like, this is exactly my, my kind of shit. Um, yeah, it, obviously it looks similar to Death's Door, like stylistically, kind of that, like, I don't know how you call it, but um the visuals just kind of it's like i it's like isometric claymation-y i don't know it's, it's yeah. hard to describe yeah but yeah you're right the the camera angle is kind of like the biggest thing in the way it's different than a 2d zelda where you know you're on a grid um so you're actually able to move and the, the camera follows you or whatever um but yeah the combat looks a little slower than like a death store from what i was seeing so it's that which is good i, I mean it looks different at least so that's cool but yeah everything about this um i'm super excited to get to it that being said like i don't know when i will because i i can't imagine playing a game that isn't elden ring right now so it's kind of just bad timing like we talked about with horizon zero forbidden west rather um, i really want to play that game too like i really want to but not <laughs> maybe in a month or two i guess right um, this is no, an I'm... interesting conversation when it comes to playing games i don't think we've i don't have we ever had this conversation where switching you're the type of person who is committed to one game and playing solely one game at a time right whereas some people like to kind of juggle and balance two games at once i don't we, think we've we ever have, had that conversation we have briefly um and it was tr it was triggered by like the storage sizes on the new console oh, right? okay like, yeah oh you know ps5 only has you know 800 is it 800, 800 gigabytes or whatever series s has you know 300 what all that stuff and i was like i'm not too worried about that because you know i only ever have a couple games downloaded at a time and then when i'm done with one delete it and move on because um, i'm not playing many games at a time very rarely will i switch between um and then you brought there's good points where like you know someone's into something that's live service that they're always coming back to that obviously makes a lot of sense to keep that downloaded but yeah i'm typically just tunnel vision i'm doing one playing one game at a time maybe a second on on switch because it's more portable so like 
circumstances, um, you know, may say like, oh, we have a switch and we're able to play, you know, Metroid Dread, for example, has been going on. So, yeah, I'm per- usually just one thing at a time. And that's, I think especially this is, when it's good, right? When it's open. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this is a personality or a medium thing. So I have a follow-up question. Are you prone to binge watch shows? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you like binge watching like episode after episode after episode, right? Mm-hmm. See, so that's that's funny because I don't like binge watching. I'm much more of like I'd rather have a show release weekly, like episode by episode. And even if a, a show is fully out, I can't watch like more than like two or three episodes at a time of the same show. I just can't. I'm not a binge watcher. Um, so I and I think that kind of goes with the the game thing of like. I can't binge a video game. I have to like kind of take a refreshing break and play something else, even if it's for a short period of time. So it's, that's really interesting. And I wonder how often that is for people that maybe those two things coincide of the way you consume entertainment kind of goes through the mediums in similar ways. Right. So if you're like a binge watcher, then you're more likely to be somebody who wants to binge through a single game and get through it. Hmm. Yeah. There's probably some kind of relationship. there, some kind of psychological thing that, (laughs) drives that um i couldn't tell you the details but there's probably something there yeah well on top of the fact too that you're not a big multiplayer guy either right so if you're into multiplayer games you're likely playing a bunch of different games as well because you have to kind of play with what your friends are wanting to play and stuff like that too so it makes sense uh i guess with that we'll talk about i don't have much uh of note to mention about Elden ring uh that i want you know most of the stuff i'm just saving for our spoiler cast that we're going to do but there was one thing I wanted to ask you. Did you ever investigate the thing at the beach? Did you remember that? Yeah, so I did, and I went through a tunnel and ended up at the, the Dragon Island. Um, I've Okay, not... so... Yeah, go Sorry, go ahead. I've not started to actually use the Dragon Sanctuary stuff yet because that ninja NPC guy uh, warned me not to. Well, he kind yeah. of warned me too, but then also he says, yeah, it can make you more powerful, but be careful. You'll get addicted, basically. It's kind of what he said. So I, I don't know. I haven't messed with it yet. I might. I got a couple of follow-up things. One, uh, and we're going to be vague, guys, so we don't spoil things for you guys. Have you ran into the guy shouting at you from a bush? A bush? No, I don't think so. So there's a, a you'll be wandering a, an area in Eastern Limgrave. It's like the beginning area of the game, right? I mean, far east, but like east. And you'll just hear a guy shouting at you. You're like, where the hell is that noise coming from? I don't see anybody. Turns out he's hiding in a bush. You go up and investigate. Pretty interesting stuff. Don't want to spoil it for anybody. But it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, have you ran into the pothead guy? Um, No. So I didn't in that. You know, so the clip we saw from before the game came out where he's stuck in the hole or in the ground. I never found him. I did find him somewhere else later on, though. Um, I won't tell you exactly what was going down with that, but I did find him. Yes. So I actually worried because I went into Stormvale before I found him in the hole, right? Like stuck. Cause I ended up finding him. Um, and in Stormvale castle, this isn't a spoiler, but there's that little hallway where you run into a bunch of like pothead characters, like enemies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. There's like yeah. four really tiny ones and one big boy. And I was like, oh no, is this like a thing where he got corrupted and he's bad? And then I ended up leaving Stormvale and exploring more of Eastern Limgrave and I found him. I was like, oh, thank God. Um, there was one more. Oh, okay. So say you're at the beach and you're facing the entrance to the cave. Okay. So right behind you is the island, right? Mm-hmm. To your left, if you extend going down that beach, 
There's like a bunch of ruins, okay? And there's an invisible thing walking on the beach. And I've tried interacting with it through magic and weapons, and I can't interact with it, but it's clearly an invisible entity on a path in the beach. Like walking a, a path and you see its footsteps. I, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, I walked down to that same end of the beach. There is one kind of out of place enemy around a campfire or something. I can't remember what item I picked up, but that was all there was. So. Yeah, like to the far. So if you're facing the cave to the far left, it's like, yeah, some noticeable ruins of like pillars or something. And it's walking like a figure eight around it. And you clearly see its invisible footsteps on the ground. So maybe you might want to interact with it and figure out if you can. Because I've tried some stuff and nothing works. So I don't know if you have to do like a different type of spell or if you have to do something else. I have no idea. But I oh, couldn't I, figure out what was going on. Yeah. What are they calling? Is it the, is it charms? What do they call the uh, talismans? Like, talismans. Yeah. Maybe there's a talisman you have to put on there. There's probably a very specific uh, piece of attire, a specific helmet or something that just makes no sense. And it's only you only can it only works after you give this you know particular apple to uh sir graves in whatever <laughs> or you saying. summon like a specific ash of war near it or something who knows yeah, yeah who um knows? could be anything did you end up using the stone sword key at the beginning building where you start the game no so that's the that's the other thing i didn't get to um i want to go back to that um so yeah i didn't i didn't go check out if there was like that spooky music or anything either Oh, yeah, the creepy people dying. Uh, one thing I want to mention, too, this is we're only going to be discussing the names of the bosses, so we're not going to spoil everything. But So, obviously, the first two I would consider major bosses of the game are Margit, uh, the Fell Omen. Is that his full name? Mm-hmm. And, obviously, Godric, the Grifter? Grafter? Graft, because everything is, like, there's a lot of grafting, like skin yeah. grafting or whatever in this game of body parts getting so, attached and weird things yeah we had a discord conversation about this of it's the typical from thing where the first boss they put in front of you first major boss is a stone wall right it's like meant to punish you and teach you the ways of souls and for me that took like 23 attempts i struggled so much with market we even had the conversation of like i wonder if i just have the worst setup to fight him right of, of sword and board of i just couldn't get past him and then i go and fight godric Who's much scarier in my opinion obviously halfway through the fight there's the 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 change in how he fights and yeah there is i ended up beating him in eight attempts like one third of the attempts and i'm like but he also i think this goes back maybe to our experience with souls games where the moment we notice there's an exploitable move you can kind of take advantage of it right like i told you i was just baiting out his fire sweep attack uh which is a long extended attack where he blows fire you can get behind him and do massive damage. That's kind of how I figured out to be able to beat him. Um, I love that afterward, the guy you originally meet at the beginning of the castle, that like prisoner guy, is just there stomping on him. I love that. Yeah, that was yeah. Funny. yeah screw you. Um, I think if there's any other. So one thing I found out that I haven't done yet. So the stone, the stone sword key entrance that we talked about. Apparently, at the bottom of that is one of the best talismans in the game. It's the, uh, uh, what's the ring from the Souls games that gives you equipment load, health, and stamina? Ring oh, of Favor? Yeah, Ring of Favor. It's the Ring of Favor of Elden Ring. Apparently, it's a really good talisman to have. It's called, like, the Erd Tree something. 
Um, but I guess it's kind of difficult to get down to it. So I still have to try it. I've died multiple times. Um, is there anything else of note that I wanted to talk about in terms of Elden Ring? I asked you all the questions about stuff we talked about last week. Is there anything I'm missing in terms of things we should explore or figure out? Oh, probably. There's a lot. Um, um, off the top of my head, I don't know if there's anything. Oh, did you kill the spider dude in Stormvale Castle? Spider dude. He resembles the first boss you fight at the beginning of the game. I don't think so. I don't remember so he is located near you know how like you're walking when you're first getting into Stormvale, you end up finding that giant that's hanging upside down and there's like a bunch of like guts on the bottom and there's like dogs in there do you remember mm -hmm. walking by that yeah the room next to him it's a giant spider like moving around and there's like hallways in that giant room that you have to get to you kind of have to run by him i mean or you can fight him i didn't fight him i'll have to go back i because I, yeah, I did want to go back to Stormvale anyway because I figured that there was some stuff I left behind. Because um, uh, what I did do, um, I was just in the starting area, and I found this entire peninsula to the south that I, I just absolutely just stomped right through it. Just ripped everything into pieces, one hit, everything. And Are you talking about the place that's past the Bridge of Sacrifice? Uh, what is the Bridge of Sacrifice? So the Bridge of Sacrifice is to the southeast. It's south of Fort Hate. And it's, uh, you have like five soldiers standing there and there's a guy like on a gunner, uh, like shooting fireballs at you. And yeah. then when you get past it, you run into a girl who's like, my dad yep. is still at the castle. Please help him. I'm currently in that area. Uh, the tower, did you run into the tower where you had to kill the three turtles? Uh, three turtles in a tower. So, um, um you know how when you meet the girl, there's like, you go through a tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you talk to her, and then there's the tunnel, and then you go through, and there's, like, those guys scavenging stuff in the giant that's sitting down sleeping. Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, above – so the tunnel – above the tunnel, the thing that creates the tunnel, if you walk across that, there's, like, a hill that you go up, which is a separate path in the castle you have to go to for her. And up there, you run into, like, four or five purple sorcerers that are, like, summoning dead bodies. And then there's a tower that you can only open if you find and kill these three hidden spirit turtles. And when you kill them, the tower opens oh. up and there's an item at the top. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I did that. Yes, okay. I did do that because it took me forever to figure out how to get in. <laughs> but I knew it was something. It was. I knew it was something there because the little um, pamphlet or whatever at the door of the tower kind of prompts you. Like, um, I can't remember what kind of hint it gives you. But you it just must, felt like you must kill three wise beasts or something. Like it says something like that. It was just vague enough to where I'm like, what the fuck is it talking about? And then I think like I didn't even want to kill the first turtle. I just did because I just I don't know. I try not to. There's so many turtles all, all around the game, and they're pretty nice. <laughs> they intentionally did that to make you feel bad too. Like, kill yeah, it, exactly. come on, kill it. You know you want to kill it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so then like after figuring that out and. I want to say that was a tower that had a memory stone at the top for another spell slot, I think, is what I got out of that. It was something good. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that whole peninsula, like, that probably is somewhere you should go first in this game, I feel like. Instead of to Stormvale, it might be a bit easier. Because I just absolutely stomped through everything in there. And yeah, there was a cool quest line. Um, 
I won't tell you how it ends if you're still doing it, but um, yeah. And the boss, though, was a little fun. It was a little bit trickier. It took me a couple tries, even though that area I was overpowered for. But the boss was cool. It was a cool fight. Um, and you get a very, you get a cool weapon from him, I'll say. Okay, cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? I know we want to talk vague, uh, wait for the spoiler mode, but is there anything you've come across that you want to vaguely suggest me to check out outside of what we just talked about? Oh, man. This is, I should probably start, like, keeping notes or something as I'm playing. As, especially as we're finding out how poor my memory is um i don't know i i've i've made it i've i've made a lot of progress um i basically have gone through not obviously not searched in its entirety but i've completed most of the northern lernia of the lakes area and you know some of the magic uh, themed bosses there I've, I've done a lot of that um and there's just a lot more that goes on that you get into a lot more side quests and the main quests are kind of interesting and, and more literal i'm finding here it's less um so i'm thinking back to like dark souls one where it's ringing the two bells right you don't even really know what that necessarily means when you're doing it and then after that it's oh bring me the four lord souls right and then that's the game this is a bit feels a bit more like uh, I guess it's similar because it's like bring me the the seven uh, I forget what they're called you get great runes or whatever from each of the major bosses um, but there's like a, a story that strings them all together uh, so far at least I'm like three three in whatever but yeah the the questing is is interesting because even though there's there's obviously still no quest log um, it's still vague and not described the best compared to most games but compared to other dark souls games there's like it tells you a lot more about what's going on and why and that kind of stuff if you're listening to what the characters are telling you. i so, feel it to your point i feel like it's a much more straightforward storytelling where yeah. people who are not as used to or comfortable with the soul style of environmental storytelling it gives them a clear picture of what exactly is going on which i think is great um yeah. and to your point of it they're constantly feeling like new areas and a bunch of stuff you wouldn't expect from everything i've heard it feels like it has multiple fallout vault moments where like we first come out of that first building mm -hmm. and it's like whoa this is bigger than i thought i had my second one going down the seal for river down that giant elevator with like the galaxy uh skybox yeah. where i'm like whoa this is an entirely different game and apparently yeah. there's multiple of those throughout the experience so yeah i had that going so after the castle and you kind of go out onto another ledge and you see the whole Lyrunia. I need to actually learn how to pronounce things. Um, but yeah, that whole area is another like- I've heard um, Lernia of the Lakes is what I've Lernia. heard. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, I went down into the the Sofria channel or whatever it's called, and there's a different similar underground area, a different part of the map that's pretty cool. Um, I guess I can give you one hint. Um, is it about that there's two levels to that area? Because from what I've seen, there's the Seofer River that you go down to, which is like the bottom bottom. But mm. then there's like a middle area that's called like Nocron something something. Yeah. Uh, which yep. is like the the pillars above that kind of. Yeah. And so that's the area I've been in. Uh, Where's the entrance to that? Most late. It's the whole thing. Um, okay. You don't just get, you're not going to stumble upon it. It's, part of the kind of the main quest that you'll okay 
yeah it'll it'll be obvious well i mean okay it won't be obvious but like you can't get there yet until you do some stuff gotcha good to know but yeah uh, um there's some pillar they're like kind of pillars i guess um so you know those those structures where you always find the map fragments oh like the they look like cro- like broken crosses kind of they're like tall skinny like yeah stone but, things yeah but like flat on the front and look like stuff is written on them almost yeah thing. so there's there's some in that area in the second level of it there's actually the bottom level too there's like uh structures that look like that but then they have a torch at the bottom and you can light yeah it. uh light all those um when you see them okay. keep an eye out for them um i didn't know what i was doing i just kept lighting them and then um and then some stuff happened i was like oh shit that's cool um but yeah just fyi <laughs> um man I'm, i just want to dive in between that and tunic and there's so many i want to get to triangle strategy too man i don't know what i'm going to be able to get to that either Eldering is just such a colossal exactly there's so many games i want to play as opposed to a drought right um hell if you know uh dying light 2 comes to game pass one day i might hop into that as well you never know that's the other thing i wanted to mess around with that game but by the time you know i don't know it's just not gonna happen anytime soon (laughs) yeah and then plus all the TV shows and movies, so much. Uh, Spider Man fam- finally came to video on demand, so I get a. I'm, I bought it on Amazon because you couldn't rent it. Because why could you? So I'm gonna watch that this weekend. I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet. I hate that. But tell yeah. me as soon as you watch it, because like. Uh, the number of my friends, Dom, because obviously I'm a pretty big Marvel guy. You know that. Uh, so the number of my friends that are a surprised I didn't go to watch it, but they kind of understood based on my reservations with COVID at the time, right? But like the number of them are like. Once you watch it, please just message us and let us know. We're all waiting to talk about it with you, and you haven't seen it. So, yeah, I can't wait. Um, That's it for this week's show. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to our musings of Elden Ring, which will continue on for the rest of the year probably. Uh, If you can, please follow us on uh, YouTube. Search Controlled Interest will pop right up. Like the video if you like it, dislike it. Drop us a comment. If you're playing Elden Ring, what's the coolest area you've been without spoiling it for us? Uh, If you haven't been playing Elden Ring you know what are you looking forward to this year is it the quarry is it something else uh you can follow us on spotify leave us a review it definitely helps us out if you don't like spotify for understandable reasons we're on all the other podcast services as well including uh apple podcasts and google play other than that you can follow us on twitter i am at jared white that's j-e-r-r-a-d-w-y-c-h-e dom is at ob dom kenobi but the o and ob is the letter the number zero not the letter o and collectively we are at controlled interest which is at c-t-r-l-i-n-t it's controlled interest abbreviated other than that dom and i have some Elden Ring to go play so we got to go guys catch you guys next week bye <laughs>